the Bear Down Report Podcast, featuring Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and your host, Ryan Dangle. Bear Down Report. All right, folks, welcome to another edition of the Bear Down Report Podcast. The Buffalo Bills were in town, and they beat up our Bears pretty darn good. Uh, I am joined, as always, by Brendan Chagru. Jack Wright and Logan Bradley. Brendan, how about you give us that recap? Let us know what happened uh, in this bad preseason loss here. Sure thing, Ryan. Well, to start off, the Buffalo Bills just stampeded over the Chicago Bears. The Bears welcomed the Buffalo Bills into town Saturday and had a reunion with their former starting quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky. Getting the start, Trubisky carved up the Bears defense and led the Bills to score on their first four possessions to give them a 28 to nothing lead. The Bears, meanwhile, couldn't muster much on offense with Andy Dalton at the helm getting the start. Minus a 73-yard touchdown to Rodney Adams in the first half. The Bills were rolling 34-6 after two quarters. The second half was better for the Bears, but not by much, as Justin Fields had an up-and-down day due to protection issues. Turnovers and penalties also plagued the offense all day long. The defense finally clamped down on the Buffalo Reserves late in the game, but the damage had already been done, and the Bills won 41-15 to in just an ugly, ugly game. Not pretty. Uh, I think the only thing that was really great about that game was the fact that Mike Page, Logan Bradley, Jack Wright, and I were there. Brendan, we wish you could have been there with us, dude. I wish, I wish it would have worked out that way, but unfortunately it wasn't. Folks, before we get too far into the weeds, we have two people we, we, we just have to say thank you to, Jeff Cadwalader. Jeff Cadwalader has been a, a sponsor for the Bear Down Report for quite some time, and we are just so thankful to have him. Personally, I bought and sold a house with Jeff Cadwalader, and so when I say that he is the best, folks, I'm not lying. I mean it. I've experienced it firsthand. I couldn't believe the, the, the amount of money that we were able to get for the home that we sold uh, because Jeff told us, hey, do this, change this, make sure you have this ready to roll and be ready by such and such a date. He did. And folks, we couldn't have been happier with the way that things turned out. Jeff Cadwalder with At Properties. Visit GenevaJeff.com today to learn how my guy Jeff can help you out. Or you can give him a call or a text message. I'm going to give you his direct line. It's 630-254-4734. Visit GenevaJeff.com. Find out more about Jeff Cadwalder with At Properties. Wonderful guy. You won't be disappointed. Look, Dangle, it was good seeing you yesterday, but I have to tell you, your hair was looking absolutely pristine. Absolutely pristine. Well, Logan, you know, obviously I got the hookup at Sheridan's Barbershop. Uh, my guy, Will, every single time. And, you know, last time I was there, we were talking about the pod. He listens to the pod often and, and I am going to get him on at some point, right? He's already going to be a little bit of a celebrity. Will from Sheridan's Barbershop. Sheridan's Barbershop, located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, has been serving the community for 67 years. They've got five barbers and they're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. You can get an appointment online or you can book it by phone. So sheridansbarbershop.com or give them a call, 630-668-0137. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. Gentlemen, We've got some listener questions, and I think this time, more than any other time, these listener questions really feed into exactly what we want to talk about. So I'm going to hit right off the bat. And Brendan, I really want to come to you with this one because, you know, Logan and Jack and I had a little bit of a chance to talk about this yesterday. And so I've really been curious to hear your kind of thoughts. So uh, our buddy Scott, and Scott, I think your last name is Swartz. 
I might be uh, pronouncing that incorrectly. I, I apologize, but it's at Swaziland. Many of the issues we saw last week on offense and special teams were not only present today, but they got worse. Should we have any confidence in the coach's ability to fix in these two weeks? Brennan, Matt Nagy, how are you feeling about him right now? Well, I'm concerned. I'd say I'm not, if you're asking like a one out of 10, I'm not at a 10. Like some people are, I know bears Twitter, especially it's overreaction Sunday, I guess. Usually it's Monday, but I'm not there with just setting the whole place on fire or anything like that. But yeah, you have two weeks now, two or three weeks before the regular season to get some of these issues figured out. And I think the, the biggest thing that everybody, everybody keeps talking about the offense. Everybody keeps talking about the stalls and all of that. I'm not as concerned about that right now. And I understand many people who are, but the stuff with the special teams, the stuff with the defense being prepared, that's something that Matt Nagy is usually good about. That's something that we've lauded Nagy for the ability to get his guys ready to play every single Sunday, Monday, whatever they play. We didn't see that yesterday. And these are guys fighting for jobs, especially on special teams. You're not going to tackle. You're not going to chase down the returners. You're not going to try and cover the receivers or running backs effectively. I don't care if you're a big paid player like Robert Quinn, if you're a safety like Tease Tabor fighting for a roster spot, be ready to play no matter what type of game it is. It's a live NFL game. And that falls squarely on the shoulders of Matt Nagy. Now, we know that Matt Nagy does not, at least he didn't, put much credence into the preseason in the past. We didn't have it last year, but in 2019 and 2018, he really just kind of like, it felt like he just went through the motions with it to get ready for the regular season. He said that was going to be different this year. I have not really seen that aside from the fact he's playing Dalton and Fields more and some of the starters later into the games. So yes, I'm as far as just getting the preparedness concern, preparedness as far as a concern, Yes, I, I'm concerned about that and the ability to get everybody ready. You still have some time, hopefully, with some of the starters and some of the leaders back in, that changes. But the, it's just not acceptable. It really isn't. And I'm sure you guys saw the same thing in the stands, just a lack of effort across the board. In this era of knee-jerk reactions and polarizations, it's hard to avoid it. And so I try to do a, a continuum of, on the left, panic and on the right don't panic and because I think there is a big huge asterisk over most of what we talk about today and that is it's a preseason game but when you take a look at some of the things that might make us panic continued offensive impotence and Matt Nagy's play calling the defense got roasted we had 10 penalties I believe we had nine last week. JF1 almost got killed. Uh, the special teams are abysmal. You go to the other side, it's preseason. There were 10 starters out, I believe. On offense, a lot of times the plays are scripted. I understand that. And you're just plugging in players as well who aren't necessarily in their number one spot. Like a wide receiver, for instance, will just – go in the game and you're not designing a play for that wideout. And uh, the D line was legit. So I think life is infrequently black and white. It's mostly gray. And so I'm trying to stay in the gray area. I'm trying to, to, to not, to not panic, but it's, it, it really is tough, especially with Matt Nagy when it looks like it walks like a duck and it talks like a duck. It, it's a duck. 
So. Yeah. Not much more can really be said than what Brendan and Jack have already said. It's, it truly is like a, okay, to what level do I really care about how poorly this team played yesterday? And they played really, really poorly. And it's almost like the, I mean, the, I think from the start, and while I was there in the stadium talking to you guys, it was the, the defense that was really the thing for me. The offense is just like, it's going to be what it is in a preseason game without that many guys. And like, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I know how coaches go about scripting plays for a preseason game or something like that. But defensively, like, I don't know if it's possible to get out coached in the preseason, but Dayball was just doing, you know, short, quick strikes for Mitch Trubisky, which is like, it was just almost hilarious and a slap in the face to Matt Nagy because it's like, oh, that's weird. That's maybe what you should have been doing all along. But beside the point, defensively, it was just, I don't know. It just looked slow, seemed slow, bad tackling. Those are the types of things that you can control in the preseason. The the things that Jack and Brendan have already talked about. It was just bad tackling. Robert Quinn being a, like a traffic cone out there and on the field, like just easy to run by. It was, it was really embarrassing from that side of the ball. And I'm pretty sure that you had the majority of your starting secondary out there and they really could make no adjustments to what Mitch Trubisky was doing for not just like you didn't just go out there and get burned on one drive. You went out there like four straight drives and really just got torn to shreds. So it's what Jack said. It's a gray area. Like do the coaches get a pass here just because it's the preseason? I think yes to a degree, but at the same time, no, that was so embarrassing. It was terrible. Well, Logan, I, I, there's so many great points that you just made. And the thing that I keep thinking about is, yes, it's preseason, but it's so characteristic of Matt Nagy. The offense just struggles. It just looks predictable. I get it. It's preseason. They, they are scripted plays, all of that stuff. But and, and if it wasn't that way during the regular season, I don't think any of us would would say anything. But this just looks like the exact same thing that we're that we're accustomed to seeing, which is very bad offense. And it doesn't help the fact that Mitch Trubisky looked sharp. His deep ball is bad. Everybody knows that he can't throw the deep ball. It's, it's, it's well-documented. He overthrows, he underthrows. It's really bad. But what did, what did Dable do? He gave him quick, short reads within 20 yards Mitch tore the Bears defense apart and Eddie Jackson, I have to give Mike Page would would be really upset if we didn't (laughs) slam Eddie Jackson just a little bit to say on that, that one touchdown, you're going to have to tell me guys, but it was the, the running back Singletary, right? Correct. Yeah. Both him and Robert Quinn had no interest whatsoever in making a tackle whatsoever. Maybe that's a veteran move because it is the preseason, but just a little bit concerning because they both just looked out of, out of place. And Devin Singletary really, to me from, you know, I'm not saying I've watched a ton of Devin Singletary the past few years, but I've watched enough to know that he's really a pretty average running back. He's not the most shifty guy. Honestly, Zach Moss to me is a much better running back than Devin Singletary is. And we made him look like that was primetime Saquon Barkley or something. Yeah, when it comes to the Bills offense, the running game last year was really non-existent. So to see Singletary actually just embarrass two of the high-profile Bears players like that is just embarrassing. And so, and when it comes to Robert Quinn, he said multiple times this offseason, I wasn't good enough last year. I know I need to back up my play. I can talk about it as much as I can. But when push comes to shove, I need to go out there and play. We didn't see that yesterday. And, you know, caveat preseason, whatever, 
when a guy's in front of you, make the damn tackle. Seriously, it's that simple. Don't get embarrassed by a very average running back, like Logan said. It's it's just unacceptable. And then to have Eddie Jackson follow that up with just letting him run right by him and kind of make a half-hearted effort to tackle him, just you knew right then and there that this day was not going to go well. Brendan, I, I want to come back to you this one because I know that Mike Page tweeted out something about our Danny Trevathan, Alec Ogletree debate. And I'm wondering if we've got another one here with the Robert Quinn, Travis Gibson uh, thing. Travis seemed like he had a pretty good second half, um, maybe not so much in the first half, but obviously that contract for, for Robert Quinn looks really bad right now. Do you think that he's got to worry what Travis Gibson is going to do? I think so in a sense, at least with Travis Gibson and potentially Jeremiah Atachu, both guys are rotational edge players at this point. And you kind of saw it last year with Quinn being hurt. He was getting removed for Barkevius Mingo, though we don't talk about him anymore. But yeah, I would say that the more Travis Gibson specifically, and I'd say Jeremiah Atachu as well, the more those two guys play and the more they show out, they're going to get playing time. They're certainly going to get playing time and Quinn's going to see the bench. I mean, at this point, it's a sunk cost, and he's not going anywhere in terms of getting cut, but you can bench him. And, guys, I, you know, Jack, when you went to training camp a couple of weeks ago, I don't know how close you got, but when you see Travis Gibson, that guy is massive. Like, there are a few guys I saw when I went to camp earlier this week, and I was like, dang, you are, like, much bigger than I thought. Travis Gibson was one of those guys. Like, he is a monster. And if he continues to get reps, continues to get experience – I really think he could make a pretty big impact this regular season. Brendan, yes, I have said it multiple times. I'm not going to talk about the physique of Travis Gibson anymore because I think people are, are going to start emailing my wife and tell her that uh, that that <laughs> she should have to worry. So we're gonna we're gonna move on from that one. But yes, I, I I'm I would love nothing more than to see Travis Gibson take a big step forward and develop as a pass rusher. I think it'd be great, gentlemen. I, I think we've delayed a little bit of the conversation. I. Matt Nagy is definitely linked to this question. Is Justin Fields a start now, or do we still believe that, that Andy Dalton should be QB one? Obviously Andy Dalton getting that, that nice 73 yard bomb to our guy who we couldn't stop talking about enough last week, Rodney Adams. And if somehow, some way they, they keep another receiver over him. I think I might actually be upset because this kid has done everything. He's made the short catch. He's made the long ball. He just looks a phenomenal receiver and he's doing it. So, you know, is it Justin Fields time or is it Andy Dalton time? Jack, I'm coming to you with this one first. We have great followers and listeners. And one of them is uh, Andrew Davies, who asked us, should this season just be about the development of Fields and not the results. And I'm starting to wonder if the answer is possibly that it should be about the development of fields. I think there's a lot of factors that contribute to me believing that. One, I just wrote out the entire schedule week by week, just because I figured sooner or later here, we're going to, you know, throw down our, our, you know, our picks and predictions. You, you all probably know it's, it's a murderer's row. It, it is a seriously tough schedule. And you combine that with the offensive line, you know, weakness. And going back to Mitch and the chuck and duck that, you know, the Buffalo Bills did, that highlights once again, in my opinion, 
Matt Nagy's inability to put a quarterback in a position to succeed. If, if Mitch is doing chuck and duck and carving us up for 200 plus yards and, and at least one touchdown, I believe, maybe two, then what types of schemes are we running for Dalton and JF1? Because even in the preseason, whatever those schemes are, they're not working. And, and that consistent, I, I don't know. It, it's hard not to buy into the folks even on Twitter that are like, Chicago's where quarterbacks go to die. And, and I posed the question to, to you guys when we were there, is it so Bears fan to ignore all of what we saw on Saturday and get so lit excited about JF1? I, I'm so concerned that he's in a, a bad position, just like our guy Mitch was in a bad position and that we might ruin him. And I really hope that doesn't happen. I, I, but it's, I think it's a legitimate concern. Yeah, it is, Jack. And like when you talk about those concerns, obviously the big thing for me and the big thing for a lot of fans is like, okay, the offensive line is really bad right now. Like we're scared of putting Justin Fields in there week one and he just gets absolutely demolished, which like he did that one play yesterday blindside. And that was the absolute scariest moment of my life, maybe to this point. But the whole deal with the offensive line is that I don't know if there's going to be a point this season where I'm like, yep, there we go. Feel good about the offensive line. We can throw any quarterback behind that line and they're going to have success. No, like Peters, I, he's probably not the answer. Like Wilkinson might be decent. Tevin Jenkins might be out for the whole year. So like at what point this year, are you probably going to feel really good about one through five, every spot across that offensive line, which is the number one thing I think for me I think when you watch football and you watch what happened yesterday on the field I think that a toddler could look at that and tell you that Justin Fields is a better quarterback than Andy Dalton and I know that doesn't just simply answer the question I know that there are more things organizationally that Matt Nagy has to deal with that you know higher ups have to deal with um, when it comes to starting a young quarterback but simply when it comes to the offensive line and that being a big concern of like, okay, we don't feel comfortable with the offensive line as it is to put Justin Fields back there. I, I seriously doubt that there's going to be a point this year where you really do feel good about that happening. So for me, I mean, I'm always going to lean Justin Fields being that week one starter. I think that's what it should be. Um, but obviously with the words that Nagy said yesterday about Dalton still being the starter, it hasn't really changed whether that's just coach speak, who knows. Yeah, Logan, your point about the offensive line is so on. It's it's right. I mean, I would say the only time that I'm going to feel comfortable about this line is when Jermaine Effetti comes back and he shows that he's fully healthy, is when Larry Borum can show that he can hold down the left tackle position, at the very least for an extended period of time, because Jason Peters is not going to give you more than like three, four games. I firmly mm -hmm. believe that. Yep. And Elijah Wilkinson, I don't know if you guys saw, he got flattened on his butt, just flattened. Like if people want to talk about Charles Leno, this guy just got bulldozed like Charles Leno before. So I don't have much confidence in him against a very, and they, they were playing a good defensive front for the bills, but it is very concerning to see that line. Now, if you're trying to win games, Justin Fields still gives you the best chance to do that because of his scrambling ability, because of his ability to make something out of nothing. So you can develop him and still like have a result of winning games. The, those two kind of go hand in hand, but I, I kind of want to talk about this point a little bit that it was brought up this morning. I know Patrick Sheldon from bear goggles on said it. This isn't just Nagy. 
about like trying to start Andy Dalton versus Justin Fields. There's, there's a guy that has been through this before and his name is Ryan Pace. It is now becoming a very similar situation to Glennon and Trubisky from four years ago. I was hoping it wouldn't get to this point, but you kind of have the same situation where the coach is saying, yep, we, we don't care how good the rookie looks. We're still starting the veteran that we paid money to. He's going to get the first start in week one. And then we're going to kind of go from there. I remember there was a conversation last four years ago in 2017. I was listening to Waddle and Sylvie and a fan calls in and says, Hey, I yelled something out at Dow Loggins, the former offensive coordinator. And he said, Hey, put Mitch in, put, put him in. Like, let's go. We don't need to see Glennon. And according to this fan, Dow Loggins looked back at him and said, you don't think I want to play the kid. And so it's kind of like, oh, okay, you kind of see wow. that, you know, the general manager coming in there and, you know, that story could have been fabricated, but I choose to believe it. So the point is you can do both. You can develop fields while also trying to win games. The offensive line is a huge concern. And I just don't think, I think we shouldn't, you know, squarely point the finger at Matt Nagy because Ryan Pace is certainly playing a role in all of this. What's so funny that you say that because I have defended him on the last two pods and I don't think he's done me any favors since then with some of the things that he's done. And I, you know, Kyle Fuller, it still bothers me a whole heck of a lot. Jason Peters, the, the, the excitement that I had two weeks ago or whenever the, the sign, sorry, last week, this time last week, um, I think has faded pretty fast. A couple Eagles fans have chimed in on it now. Do they have beef? You know, Eagles fans are notorious for being mean and nasty and all those things. But even some of the nicer ones have said, yeah, you shouldn't expect much of anything. Charles Leno, I don't know if you guys have seen any of the footage coming out of Washington. He looks awful. I mean, just really, really, really bad right now. And so it is, it's, it's this huge question mark. So my question to you guys Justin Fields can run. We know he can run. He showed that off yesterday. It was incredible to watch. The dude is going to get tired legs running around, but it seems like Andy Dalton is going to take some shots that maybe he doesn't get up from where maybe Justin Fields can use that scrambling ability to, to put us in position to, to score some points when maybe we shouldn't. What do you guys think about that? I think it feels like, and this is a little off of uh, Brandon's point, it feels like we finally got a Porsche. We drafted it, finally. And he looks as though he has all the skills and ability to be able to be a long-term franchise quarterback. My concern is that that will all be bulldozed by the caliber of our opponents this season, by the idea that he could potentially be, um, you know, trying to operate under plan B all the time, flush from the pocket and never learn to stand in the pocket and step up in the pocket. And, you know, I think I asked you as we were walking out, you know, Ryan, do we, do we want Lamar Jackson? If that's what we want, then, then maybe JF one plays and the offense gets geared to that. I don't think that is a long-term successful offensive scheme to run. I think Lamar Jackson is a little bit of an aberration. I would really like to see more of a Josh Allen. And I know that's a big ask, right? Where he runs if he needs to, he makes a play if he needs to. I think what I'm just, I'm saying, I'm really trying to look macroscopically at this and not just the season, 
because we would all like to see this offense finally be proficient. I personally don't think that if JF1 starts in week one, that's going to happen. I think what's going to happen is Matt Nagy is going to try to save his ass, save his job, and we're going to lose. We're going to lose JF1 in the process. That's worst case scenario, and I hope I'm wrong. They could look like a completely different team. We, you know, we talked about that. Preseason can be a predictor of nothing, and they can come out in week one, and you look at each other and go, "Whoa, who's this team? Whoa, that's they look really great." And you guys, you know, I hope that's the case. But boy, my spidey senses are tingling when it comes to play JF one week one. I'm scared. Uh, I'm going to just for one second hijack Dangle's job just because I, I thought what, of a question that I just wanted to ask you guys and get your thoughts is if Justin Fields were to start week one and play 17 games and stays healthy, what do you think like the ceiling of wins is for this Chicago Bears team with Justin Fields under center? Would you go over under five? I don't know. It's just a question I'm thinking about. I just like the, the difference of the ceiling of this team with Fields as opposed to Dalton for like probably four or five games. Does that make a difference? I go back to, to what we talked about yesterday, to Jack's point, to Logan's. It doesn't take any, any great skill to notice that Justin Fields is a far superior quarterback. Watch that incomplete pass. You guys are going to have to help me. Um, it's, it's, he's throwing to his right, and the receiver, it touches his hands, and he doesn't catch it. Oh, Might Riley have been- Ridley, was it a deep ball? Yes, Riley Ridley. Yep. Every single one of us, uh, people yep. around us all just went, whoa. I mean, Jeez. like, stopped talking. Like, I have never been that enamored with an incomplete pass in my life because he made something out of nothing and, and he did it. You know, so so our guy, Mike Gus, and, and Logan, I'm not avoiding your question, I promise. Mike Gus asked, will the Bears score more than three points against L.A. with Dalton allegedly getting the start week one? <laughs> I, I don't, I'm trying to rationalize why you would start Andy Dalton. He's less mobile. Sure. He has better experience, but JF one is a better quarterback. It is so obvious to see he can make plays and he can maybe pick up for deficiencies in this offensive line. Can I just say, I love how, you know, Jack brought it up. Brian brought it up. I love how we're making JF one a thing. It sounds like a battleship. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> like he's like this elite machine, basically. It's just, it makes me smile. So I appreciate Spaceships and that. lightsabers, baby, just for you. Thank you. Yes. Or some sort of aircraft carrier. I don't know. But I guess going back to going back to Logan's question months ago, when we did our like way too early predictions, I was drinking the Kool-Aid a little bit and I picked the bears to win 10 games don't know if that's ooh, happening ooh. now yeah i know i i was going through the schedule and just going like oh win loss win you know we could beat the vikings whatever but i think it's probably closer to seven i i feel pretty comfortable about that i know the schedule's brutal but we can we can get into this later but like the fact that they can kind of settle into a home road home road situation I, I think they'll be okay. They'll probably be close to 500. Matt Nagy teams always are, even with like the worst True. offenses imaginable. But Justin Fields does give the Bears the best chance to win. You saw that. Now you need to you need to kind of watch out for injuries though, because I noticed about halfway through yesterday's game when he got hit at one point, he was grimacing. They showed it a lot on TV. I don't know if you guys saw it, but 
he was kind of like holding his leg or holding his hip. And, you know, people were pretty concerned that he was hurt. Obviously he stayed out there, but his scrambling ability was limited. He didn't try to run as much. He just sort of took sacks. He played within the pocket and you saw that the offense changed a little bit. Like he was still pretty accurate with his passes overall. His receivers kept dropping passes. The offensive line was not doing him any favors with holding calls and false starts, but he was kind of neutralized in a sense. So when you take away that running ability, it's concerning. And Logan, I know you brought up the, the fact of wanting him to like, not just be a runner, not just having him be Lamar Jackson. It took Russell Wilson a couple of years as well to learn how to like pass within while scrambling. And we have seen fields do that, albeit in limited time, especially last week when he was looking to pass before he ran. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that as much last week or this week. I mean, he, it seemed like he was just ready to go, ready to run with a pocket collapsing. So he's going to have to get used to that and kind of like manage his expectations, I guess, for, okay, am I going to run here? Am I going to pass here? So I, I don't have any doubts that he's going to learn that, but it is going to take some time. So yeah, to summarize, essentially, Justin Fields still gives you the best chance to start. But if you're worried about injuries, if you're worried about the development, then you know, maybe wait until the offensive line gets a little more solidified because those guys, you cannot run out that offensive line on week one. You have got to pray that a few guys come back from injury and people improve in the next couple of weeks. I think I know where all of us stand. Any last thoughts on the Dalton versus JF1 Justin Fields debate that you guys want to throw out there before we move on? Yeah, I just thought that this quote from Justin Fields yesterday was kind of interesting. I'll read it and sort of give my thoughts. So he said, yeah, I noticed it in response to, I believe it was the the Andy Dalton booze. And he said, of course, the fans are awesome. They also have to realize Andy's a human being too. Andy's on the field right now. So I really think it's kind of disrespectful to Andy, them cheering my name out like that. They have to trust in coach to make sure he's making the right decisions. Just cheer him on, you know. That's not helping Andy play better to cheer my name. My advice to them would be just cheer whoever is on the field. So it wasn't in response to the booze. It was in response to people chanting Justin Fields name with Andy on the field. And I just think it's an interesting quote because like Justin Fields obviously means well, he's uh, like you and I, I don't think that he's been a lifelong bears fan. So I don't think that he understands quite the uh, things that we've gone through, but that line of they have to trust in coach to make, to make sure he's making the right decision is just, it's just funny to me to hear because it's like, oh, you you want us to to trust this guy that uh, has kind of done next to nothing to make us trust him over the past few years. So interesting quote. I know that he means well, and I, I respect it. I, I like that he's defending his other guy in the quarterback room, but just thought that there was a, a little bit of humor in that as well. I think he's a leader. I think a quote like that proves that this is got this guy is a leader. I think the thing that I have come back to over and over and over again that makes Justin Fields different for me is not how great of an athlete he is, not how great his arm strength is. It is his demeanor. He just, it's not too big for him. None of it is. And I think that's the kind of guy we need in Chicago. The entire offense when Dalton was in centered around the deep ball to Adams and it was an okay ball, but it was mostly Adams taking it away from the defender and the bills had their entire second string defensive backfield in something to consider also something to consider the play that JF one got rocked and lost his helmet. I don't know about the first part of this, but it was my understanding that he had um, made the line call 
and that they were to shift left. Whether that's true or not, I'm not, I'm not sure, but it does go into the whole idea of how much there is to process for a quarterback before a snap and during a snap. It's not easy. I always joke, there's a reason I played quarterback only until my sophomore year. I couldn't process at all. It was too much. Regardless of whether or not he made that line call or not, he should have recognized that that linebacker was blitzing free and thrown a hot route to that side immediately. So it's interesting to think that, you know, even in that, that particular situation, he put himself in danger. And, and, and so I, I just, besides his play, and it also makes you kind of really consider about if he needs more time to be able to learn and process those things. Gentlemen, let's go around the horn. I want to hear your thoughts, your concerns, or whatever you're watching with this team going forward into the last preseason game and before that week one game against the Rams. Just general overall thoughts. Logan, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Sure. And like I sit here like thinking about my answer to that question, and I, I think of what I said last week, which was talking about the secondary. And I'll, I'll say the same thing. It just, they, they didn't look good again. I really still, I mean, people have pointed it out. Obviously it's not like I'm the only person who said it, but I think there's genuine concern about the guys that we have back there about the inexperience. You know, you have true font who's obviously been there a while and done it, but um, past that, it's just, there isn't a lot of experience there. And the pass rush is like our front seven is very good. I'm not trying to say that it's not good, but I just wonder with, with people like Robert Quinn, if he's still getting playing time, that's not going to help the secondary at all to, to generate a pass rush, take some pressure off of them. So I'm still looking at the defense, even though there's a million and a half reasons to, to watch the offense, to be concerned about that. And obviously I am concerned about that, but we're, we're the Chicago bears. We're known for playing good defense. And right now I just, I just think that there's a lot of, reason for you know pause in thinking that this defense is just going to be able to kind of prop up this team in ways that we are used to seeing so I'll be watching that pass rush I'll be watching uh, how the secondary hopefully um, improves from week to week here on forward Brendan because this preseason is different than previous years really for many many years with three games I'm really just interested to see how Nagy and really all the NFL coaches treat this last preseason game we had a formula to follow over the last several years where the fourth preseason game the last preseason game was just no starter played it was all the reserves and backups like the fringe guys playing most of the game to try and win a roster spot for this year for this game I am pleading with Matt Nagy to play the starters at least a little bit. I'm talking receivers. I'm talking linemen. I'm talking tight ends. Give them a little bit, like a series or two. I would, I, I would love to see three and get Justin Fields out there. You already said, and I'm talking to Matt Nagy here. Matt Nagy already said that he wants to see Andy Dalton get reps in the regular season. He wants those reps to, you know, to kind of evaluate them. Fine. Then don't play him play Justin Fields with these guys and take a better approach to the preseason than you have in the past, because clearly you're, you're playing him against with reserves like John, John Bea Johnson, Rodney Adams, and those guys they're, they're doing well for who they are, but it's not throwing Allen Robinson or Darnell Mooney. And Robinson hasn't played yet. Mooney's seen like what, like two plays, maybe get these guys just a little bit of run. I know you're concerned about injury, but we need to see, how Justin Fields responds with the ones. 
have them throw to just different people who are actually going to make a big difference on the team and get some of that experience now. So that way you're not trying to build it up in week four or week five or whenever you actually give Justin Fields a start. So that's, it's a plea to Matt Nagy, but it's also just an interest to see how people are going to navigate this game going forward because it is different. But if you're saying Andy Dalton needs the regular season reps, then give Justin Fields the reps now with the ones and actually give further evaluation to him. Jack, what about you? It's a strong point, I think, Brendan. And regardless of what you think about the preseason, it's always helpful to string some plays together and build some confidence, you know, within your unit, offensive unit on the whole, regardless of who's in. So I do think it would be nice as a momentum builder to be able to, to look at some drives that are clean, penalty-free, well-blocked, well-executed. You know, some, our third down efficiency, I think we were, we were 0 for whatever the second number was. I don't remember what it was. Only other thing I'm looking at is we're going from 85 to 80 players on the roster this Tuesday. And I think more than ever this year, it's going to be interesting to see uh, who gets kept and who gets cut. So I've got an eye on that, Ryan. Jack, to your point, Wims or Ridley over Rodney Adams, and I am going to be genuinely upset. I get that you brought those guys in, that you drafted those guys, but clearly Rodney Adams, it, I just, everything about the story, you guys saw the, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in love even more with the guy because he also just had a daughter and he, after the, the touchdown, you know, gave the, the dance of rocking his, his daughter back and forth. And I just, I, I am cheering for this guy big time. It's not, you know, I, I've gotten a little bit of heat over the last week. And maybe that comes from, from talking about the bears from some people saying that I, I hate this player. I hate that player. And that I'm a fan that, 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 you know, never played the game. And so therefore I, you know, I can't say anything about the game or something to that effect. Um, I, I really, it's not about hating Javon Wims is not about um, not liking Riley Ridley. It's simply about, I like Rodney Adams and I want to see this story continue. I like this guy a lot. The only other thing that I'll say, and because you know, Jack, I know you want to hop into this is I'm watching special teams. I really am watching special teams. I know Jack, you made such a good point last week, which is guys that are doing it now are not necessarily the guys are going to be doing it when season starts. But either way, the return game, the coverage, all of it looks awful. And so I want to see a good special teams play, whatever it might be next week. I want to see some special teams play where I go, okay, I feel a little bit better about this situation. On the special teams, I'll be honest, I answered the way that I did. And then as I was kind of, you know, reviewing and reading, I think that perhaps you all were more right than I was on that. I think it, it's certainly becoming a, a big deal, especially punt return. I think I, I read that there's like a, so far they have like a opponents have a 20.3 yard average return. That needs to be fixed quick. Shifting gears, the Adam story just gets even better with the big feels. He started out at Toledo as a freshman He's from Florida, went to Toledo. His mother sadly died in a car crash. Oh, wow. He transfers to Southern Florida so that he can take guardianship of his 16-year-old brother. I mean, character dude, right? He retired, I think, uh, recently, and he acted a little bit and then kind of woke up and he's like, I'm ready to go back. 
So he goes back. He's never seen a, a regular season game live. He's been a practice player. Boy, that guy's grinding. It's like, you want to root for him, right? Like, really want to root for him. Did you say he acted? Yeah, he uh, went out to L.A., I guess, and he had some friends who were in the biz. And they're like, hey, he said, hey, can you hook me up with something? And he, he did a little bit of acting. That's know? very cool. They, they gotta, they gotta keep him. I, I like that makes me like him even more. And I didn't even think that was possible. I, I am maybe the captain of the Rodney Adams fan club. Ryan, could you imagine as somebody who just like recently had a daughter? Could you imagine you and your wife giving birth the night before, driving to Soldier Field, playing a lot like an NFL football game, and then having a seventy-three yard touchdown as one of the highlights? Like, no, I, I can't fathom that. So, okay. So I, I was reading a little bit about this is that, that he slept on, it's like a, it's a couch kind of that they give to you to sleep next to, to, you know, the, the mother of your child and it's miserable. You don't get any, Maybe we got three, four hours of sleep total throughout the entire night. I couldn't function walking around and making appointments, let alone running a 73 yard touchdown. I, again, I'm, I'm going to stop talking about him because I love him so much, which of course, I think this will come as no shock. We're going to give out game balls. So gentlemen, let's, let's give out some game balls. I'm going to go Jack, Brendan, and Logan. Okay. My game ball controversial, perhaps is going to Mitch. He easily played better than anybody else on the field yesterday. And I don't think there's any question about it. And it doesn't change the fact that I think ultimately the bears made the right decision to part ways with him. But I think you were, you really were consistent, Ryan, in saying, great dude, terrible, terrible spot to be put in. And I, I hope he has success. I really do. I mean, no one here, I don't think, besides maybe the Chachas, you know, wish ill will against Mitch. He was, you know, what did I say yesterday? He was, was like getting a 300 pound man, a pair of size 32 jeans. <laughs> it's it never worked. And so my game ball goes to Mitch Trubinsky. The Mitch fanboys are going to love you, Jack. So well done to get in their good graces. <laughs> uh, the defense really, really struggled a lot yesterday. We've been over this point many, many times, but I still am going to give my game ball to a new fan from a new favorite of mine. And I think many people's it's Kyra's Tonga. That guy is just a behemoth of a man. And anytime he was on the field, he was wreaking havoc for that interior Bills offensive line. He had two tackles, two quarterback hits, and really he did so much more than the stat sheet shows. He blew up plays. He caused the Bills to have to basically change directions with their running back situations. He gave Mitch problems when he was in, and he just looks like the nicest guy. Like, I kind of likened it to, do you guys remember the replacements? Uh, yes. the guy, I think his name is Famico, where he's just this giant man. He's like the nicest guy, but he's like, he'll get after you on the field. And hearing Kyrus Tunga talk, just seeing his demeanor, he looks like the nicest dude, but he will destroy your backfield. And so I'm very excited to see what he has in store. I think he's going to be make a pretty big impact this regular season as a rotational spot for Eddie Goldman. So great play out of him yesterday. And he has great hair. Fantastic hair. Uh, my game ball, I don't think that there's a, a ton of great choices, but 
I'm going to go to a, a guy who, you know, probably won't play a huge role in the regular season for this team, but Jesse James has really been good for the couple, um, for the last two games, I should say. Uh, guy who was a good player, productive player for the Steelers, did some things with the Lions, and uh, it's just, you know, he made that nice diving catch on a nice throw by Justin Fields yesterday. I believe he had like four catches for 54 yards, which who cares about stats in the preseason, but he showed up. Uh, we've kind of seen him all over the field. Obviously that's because Komet has been out, has not been out there and Jimmy Graham has been out there very limited amounts, but it's a position where I think that's been really hard for us to build depth the past few years. So I think it'll be nice to have Jesse James on this roster because Jimmy Graham's old. He's, he's very injury prone. Obviously he's a red zone threat and he's still a, a serviceable player from many different respects, but it's good to have some additional depth at that tight end position. And he seems like, you know, not like you're, anybody's going to be getting buying Jesse James jerseys going to this year, but uh, you know, nice little piece. Think about the turnaround from two years ago. The tight end room was awful, miserable, no good. And now that's probably one of the, the deeper positions on the, on the offense, especially with the O-line being hurt the way that it is. Well, it's going to come as no shock uh, as, as I'm going to give two game balls. So maybe that part is a shock. Rodney Adams. I'm clearly that that's my game ball. I love this guy. I'm part of his fan club. I'm following him on Twitter. I'm going to tell him that I, that I, that I think about him. Uh, and the other guy that I mentioned last week, uh, Caleb Johnson, Caleb Johnson, two turnovers. I get the sense that this dude will find his way onto the practice squad. And there may be a couple suitors for him on other teams. And I wonder what the Chicago bears are going to decide to do with it. Gentlemen, before we get shout outs and we get out of here, I've got a, would you rather for you today? Would you rather have your own personal maid or your own personal chef wherever you go? Logan, I'm coming to you first. Ooh, um, I think this is kind of a no brainer for me because I kind of don't mind cooking. So I'm going to go personal made and, uh, you know, I'll, uh, talk myself up a little bit. I think I'm a clean human being. I think I can clean up. I think I can make some, uh, make some dinner, make some lunch, stuff like that. But to have, to be able to take like, I already cleaned up this morning, not to brag. It's like, I cleaned up for 10 AM, which is just absolutely insane. I think I, I definitely am getting older, but give me the maid. It's just nice to not have to deal with that. I can cook. I enjoy cooking. Brendan, what about you? I'm going in the complete opposite direction. Give me the chef. I eat like crap. I My diet is just all over the place. And I would love somebody to be like, hey, I got you, man. You know, you want some like gourmet meal or something, something that's healthy, something that also tastes delicious, like at all times of the day. Yes, please. Maybe I'll stop eating McDonald's and Subway or something. <laughs> when it comes to cleaning, I'm not the messiest. I'm not the cleanest. I'm like in the middle. And I do find cleaning kind of therapeutic sometimes just, you know, getting that clutter out of your life, getting, getting rid of the mess. And also I kind of feel bad when like other people clean up after me. Cause I was like, Oh, you kind of see how I live. Like, <laughs> you know, clean up my messes and everything. I don't, you don't need to see that. That's, that's for me to deal with. So give me, give me the chef every single time. Jack. So also going chef funny. I've got a, uh, a new uh, housekeeper coming Tuesday to clean the crib. So I don't mind doing the pickup. I can pick up, you know, and tidy up all day long, 24 seven. And I can do the deep clean, but hard pass on the deep clean. I just, I don't really want to do it. So 
despite that, I, I still would go with the chef and really because a lot of the same reasons that Brendan did. I, if there is healthy food around, I'll eat it. And if there's unhealthy food around, I will also eat it. And I would prefer to eat more food from the earth that is good for my body and will help me to live longer and see my kids have grandkids. And oh, also, who, who enjoys the idea of thinking about what you're going to have? Well, we could have this or we could have a hamburger. I could have a hot dog. You'll have nothing like it. I, you know, <laughs> I think that the, or prepping and then serving and then cleaning up the meal, all of that. So tedious. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll skip that. Let my chef do that. Jack, one quick question for you though. But what if, if you, when you had to cook those nights, when it came down to it for your children, what would you make like your one meal? Oh, well, they would tell you like without a doubt that it was spaghetti. You know, you okay. just cut some noodles <laughs> in the pot and pound of ground beef. Respect. And it's funny because they're, they're super sweet. They didn't start like making fun of me for that until just recently. <laughs> you're not quite aware of that stuff until later. And they're like, dad, we must have had spaghetti. Like <laughs> exposed. Yeah. It's like someday you'll understand dudes. <laughs> When, when Kate, my wife and I, like we moved in together for the first time and she's like, Hey, I'm going to cook dinner for us. I was like, okay, whatever. And it was real bad. I mean, like, like got like sick, (laughs) got sick bad. And then Pinterest and that woman can cook. Like if there's like, like four, like leftover, like cucumbers in the back of the you know the fridge with some kind of weird sauce she will cook up like something that you can't (laughs) believe so give me the maid all day every day i don't want to clean up i don't want to do any of that stuff all right gentlemen it is that time we got to give shout outs so i'm gonna go right back around so jack brendan and logan why don't you guys give out your shout outs for the week I'm going to shout out to the bears stadium concession stands workers I think they've been put in a terrible spot in both games, but you know, the lines are just atrocious to the point where you're missing good football. Well, you're missing football. And I don't think it's for lack of trying. I mean, they, they really truly just looked like they were super overwhelmed. I know there's a bit of a worker shortage right now. Anybody that's ever worked in food service and knows how people can get bonkers like just straight up jerk face when it comes to their food. Hangry. You've ever worked food service. I mean, it's just, it's like shocking to see people who, you know, don't get a lemon in their lemonade or whatever, uh, or in their tea. So anyway, they, it was, it was a rough situation to put it mildly. And I hope the bears address it. Maybe a new stadium would help. I don't know, but it, the, the, the lines were just ridiculously long and they were doing the best they can. So shout out to the concession stand workers. Yeah, I'll go with a couple shout outs. Uh, first off, uh, Chris Maltby uh, from Bears Camp. He's um, somebody on Twitter who does a ton of great work for the Bears. He was giving great updates throughout the week. Got to meet him uh, when I went to camp with Jeremy and uh, was just a great guy uh, back at school. Just thought he was, uh, you know, really good to connect with him. So give him a follow if you don't on Twitter. And then uh, I'll go off Twitter and give a shout out to my best bud, Brad Wiegand. Uh, so he actually, speaking of babies, uh, he and his wife just welcomed in a beautiful hey. baby girl last week. He was supposed to go to the uh, Bears game with me last week. So when I went with some buddies and it was so funny, he calls me on Friday and he's like, hey, man, like, 
So I don't think I'm going to be able to go to the game. We're in the hospital. We might be having the baby. And he's like, apologizing. He's like, dude, you know, I want to go, you know, I want to go so bad. I want to see Justin Fields. I was like, Brad, you're about to have a baby. It's all good. We'll figure it out. And so uh, just congratulations to him and his wife, Katrina, for their beautiful baby girl. Uh, her name is Addison. And uh, they just got home a few days ago. So uh, just a big shout out to them and welcome to the newest Little Bears fan. Yeah. Congratulations to that's you guys. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Logan? Um, I got two shout outs. One shout out is to Mr. Uh, Dangle, the wonderful host of this podcast, for putting together some uh, just a great day yesterday, uh, you know, buying tickets for me, Mike, Jack, uh, obviously wish Brennan could have been there, but it was just a great time. Second shout out is to the sun for uh, roasting my neck and roasting, uh, giving me a little bit of a sunglasses tan. And if you could see Dangle right now, I think that he might have burned his neck a little bit as well. Um, we were hearing some of that at the end of the day yesterday. So don't underestimate how high you are up in that stadium on a hot day because that sun will get to you. Soldier Field, we were talking about it. Jack, you mentioned it. A new stadium would be awesome. But there are certain things about it because there's so few seats. There's not a bad seat in the house. And even though we were up in the the 400 section, like it was a great view of the stadium. And we had an absolute blast. So uh, yeah, shout out. Um, I've got a couple to give. Obviously, want to say to Mike Page, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley had an absolute blast. Brendan, one more time. Maybe next preseason we can make it happen where all of us can get there. Uh, it was just just too, too much fun to have, uh, Devore Nesby. We had a phenomenal conversation, uh, guy played wide receiver at a very high level. Um, I, I want to say in Devore, if I hope I don't get this wrong, that he actually played at USC at one point. And so to pick his brain about, uh, Anthony Miller and the other wide receivers that are still with the bears, uh, was a really, really good conversation. Uh, this is super fun for me. Uh, I, as many of you know, I am a huge fan of Australian rules football, and my team is now second ranked in the competition going into the playoffs. They call it the finals. Um, and I got a chance to be on a Port Adelaide, the, the, the team that I cheer for. I got to be on a podcast called the Creed cast with my guy, David. So David, shout out to you. Thanks for letting me talk another sport. I definitely was not as comfortable, but, uh, he made it a really fun experience. Now we got a couple things that are upcoming here. Um, I can't say names yet because while an initial email confirmation has come forward, um, we haven't yet set a time, but at least there should be, should be, hopefully, fingers crossed, one former Chicago Bear coming onto the podcast. And if the the one that I'm that I'm really hoping for, folks, works out. Let's just say he's going to have an amazing story to tell about almost every single Bears fan's favorite memory of being a bear. If, if you listen to the podcast, I think you know exactly the moment that I'm talking about. Almost every single Bears fan we've had on asking them, what was your favorite moment? Almost every single one of them have said something very similar. And this guy was directly involved with that play. That's the only hint I can give because it's not yet fully, fully confirmed, but the initial email we got from him says that he wants to jump on board. So if that's not a teaser, I don't know what is. Logan, you've got a quick announcement to make about what you've got coming up for us here uh, at the Bear Down Report podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Just as we move into the season here, 
Um, I've become sort of a, a lightweight degenerate gambler. So I figure, you know, we can maybe give the people uh, maybe one prop bet or one bet a week uh, as we move towards the season. Something that I, I enjoy. I'm never going to say I'm, uh, you know, 100% better, but everybody likes to have a good time. So uh, hopefully we can we can sprinkle in a winner or two here as we go forward. Yeah, Logan, you might have a small betting problem just a little bit. Every time I talk to you about anything, he's like, oh, yeah, I put just, a bet on that, too. But just, you're winning. Just let's let's not talk about it. Just don't talk about it. If it's just a couple dollars here and there, it's all good. Exactly. Exactly. Within within your means, With, everybody, yes. within your means. Yes. For Logan Bradley, Jack Wright, Brendan Shagru, I'm Ryan Dangle. Folks, thank you so much. We know you can get your Bears podcasts, Bears information just about anywhere, but you have chosen to get it with us. And the four of us love, love, love interacting with listeners. We love being able to do this. And so thank you to all of you who are listening. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. If you really like what you hear, hit us with a five-star review. It really helps to widen our audience. For all of us at the Bear Down Report, thank you so much. And as always, folks, bear down.